Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is no better group of buds for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden, a new podcast from the sun. I'm Peter Seabrook, wishing you a very happy new year and thanking our sponsors, Thompson and Morgan, who are kindly supporting this broadcast. This week, I'll be telling you how to keep your plants in a frost-free environment. There's a few lessons on the practicalities of pruning and what does 2017 hold in store for the gardening world. People often say to me at this time of year, It must be a really quiet and restful time for you, and nothing could really be uh, further from the truth. Quiet? I've never been so busy in my life. That really sharp frost and clear blue sky for a couple of mornings is perfect for gardeners. That got the leaves down. I mentioned once before how important it was to get those raked up, and I think if we rake them up now, that job will be done uh, for another year pretty well. And the frost, of course. Uh, That's knocked off the stems from the begonias. It's turned the dahlias black. And so I need to get those up and out the ground and dried and stored ready for next year. The begonias are very important because once you do get that frost, then the stems just topple, uh, rot quite quickly. If you're not sharp, you forget where they are. And it's a job to get them out. When you do lift begonias, get them dry as quick as you can because the soil and the compost will come off the corn, the old tuber or corn, whatever you call it. They'll come off much easier when it's dry. And with the dahlias, then cut those six inches or so from uh, above the ground, lift them carefully, take off as much soil as you can, that's often easier said than done if you're on heavy soil, and then stack them upside down somewhere warm where they'll dry quite quickly. Most of these things that are frost tender need drying very quickly. I'm afraid uh, I tend to put them in trays lined with polythene and then put them under the desk in the office. It's really nice and dry there and after about a couple of weeks the soil crumbles off them. I can clean them properly and then store them in paper bags somewhere that's cool but it must be frost free. Uh, Gladiolus really need the same treatment. I often uh, see people dig them up and tie them and leave them in bunches in sheds. That's not a good idea at all. As soon as you've lifted the gladiolus, cut the stem off just about an inch or two inches above the corm and then again dry them very quickly. They need to be really dry and then you'll find the old corm will just twist off the bottom and the fresh new one can be stored again in paper bags just like the dahlias and the uh, begonias. And uh, I've got another job too, a little front garden, about 12 feet by 10 feet. I'm going to plant up with conifers. I want to get those into the ground before the frost really gets deep. Uh, I think we'll be all right for another four weeks or so. But the colours, there are a number of uh, junipers and thuya, uh, that's spelled T-H-U-J-A, 
they have really remarkable colours, quite bright yellow in the spring, turn green, and then at this time of the year go into all kinds of sort of purple and mahogany colours. And if you get several different kinds, they really can be spectacular through the winter. There are jobs too inside. I've got a few onion sets that were planted into 24-cell packs, uh, and some of those I'm going to pot up. We've just heard that uh, we should have quite a big plot in the uh, great pavilion of the Chelsea Flower Show, uh, and it's going to be a back garden, the first time we've ever done a back garden at Chelsea, and I hope that we would include a number of good fruit and veg crops, and the autumn onion sets will be quite large by the third week in May, so I'll plant some of those in trays, and four or so in a 10-litre bag of compost. They grow pretty well in those bags for those of you who don't have space in the garden or need to grow them up where you can comfortably reach them. In the polytunnel, I'm cutting uh, chrysanthemums too. They came from uh, a pot of the chrysanthemum princess Charlotte that we had at uh, Chelsea Show last May. It's named after the uh, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's child, a very pretty pink with green tips on the petals plant. And I brought one of those uh, pot mums, as we call them, home. And when it had finished flowering, cut it back, encouraged it to produce some growth from the base, rooted those cuttings, and those are what are flowering now in the polytunnel. So people don't uh, need to tell you that gardening costs a lot of money. It's surprising what you can salvage from what many people throw away. <laughs> We had the Garden Media Guild Awards a few weeks ago at the Savoy Hotel. Yes, we do slum it a bit sometimes. And and I was absolutely delighted. The Lifetime Achievement Award, which is voted for by all the members of the Garden Media Guild, uh, was this year bestowed on Jim McCall. Now, Jim, 81-year-old, contemporary of mine, I suppose, has for 35 years, can you believe that, 35 years presented the Beech Grove Garden uh, from Aberdeen. He's a great horticulturist and he has that sort of sparkle in his eye, you know, and a great sense of humour. He performed in the early days with uh, George Barron, who was the head gardener at Pitmedden. Boy, they pulled one another's legs and we had some good laughs between us. So congratulations, Jim. 35 years and now you have the Lifetime Achievement Award. I had a message, would I go to the next village and help uh, a couple who just moved into a bungalow and had uh, 10 fruit trees at the top of quite a big garden uh, that they wanted some help with pruning. Well, I tell you, my (laughs) jaw dropped when I arrived great big apple trees I should think about 60 years old and 10 years or so ago they probably call themselves tree surgeons I call them butchers they'd gone in and chopped these trees back so they looked like big hat stands you know a thick trunk and then a few stumps sticking out and of course if you prune hard things grow hard and so a whole lot of shoots had grown around each of those big branch cuts and had just soared up and I was there for three hours trying to sort out exactly what the best thing to do with this kind of tree. You know it's not like the gardening books when you open those on pruning with all the red lines showing you where you should cut and where you should leave I'll tell you these trees were nothing like anybody would seen in any book. And you need to be careful. 
always remember, the harder you cut, the stronger they grow. And so it's a matter really of just starting to thin out some of those clusters of branches that were coming up. About a third, I suppose, we removed. And when you're cutting a biggish stem of apples and pears, well, any deciduous tree really at this time of year, once you've sawn the branch off, get a sharp knife and just pare around the edge so you leave a nice smooth cut. The cambium... That's the layer between the bark and the wood is where the scab or the heel sort of develops. And if you just trim that neatly with a knife, then it heals so much uh, quicker. There's a few jobs that uh, you can get on with over the coming week. And I'll be starting digging now that the leaves are down. Boy, I do like that. An hour or two on a spade gives you a good appetite. I have been described in the paper as Mystic Pete, you know, like Mystic Meg, trying to forecast what's going to happen in the future. And quite honestly, to let you into a bit of a secret, when I forecast trends, I'm pretty sure I know they're going to happen. Uh, So there's no uh, shots in the dark, so to speak. For example, we've seen over the past uh, months, almost year or two, a steady increase in the sale of potting compost week after week. It's a clear indication of how homeowners are switching from the soil up into containers to grow plants uh, where they have them in complete control and often in raised beds and things like that. I think you can be pretty sure too there's going to be quite a lot more soft fruit grown. It's pretty easy if you get something like one of the new autumn varieties of raspberries planted in the spring that they'll be fruiting by a August, September and October and really if you don't do much to them as long as the soil was fairly well prepared at the beginning they'll crop year after year for 10, 15 or more years. With these autumn fruiting or what we call primocane kinds they fruit on the current year's growth and if in the winter you just trim off the top bit that had some fruits you'll find the old remaining cane fruits from June and July when that's finished you cut that out and of course the new ones replace those old ones and in practice you get fruit from June right through to November and as well as the fruiting crops we're going to see a steady improvement in flavour and in disease resistance in a number of our vegetables. I've been growing a new variety of beetroot called Alto F1 It's a really lovely beetroot, but it's long and sort of column-shaped, so when you get in the kitchen, you can slice it into a whole lot of rings very easily. I think uh, the chefs are going to like it just because of its ease of use, and I think you'll like it because of the flavour. And when it comes to things like strawberries, well then there's no question we're having varieties introduced that have much better flavour. Some of them bred specifically for the home gardener. I'm thinking of a variety like Just Add Cream. I mean, it's very well named, very sweet, very juicy. You're not likely to see it in the shops because uh, it just doesn't travel very well. But I tell you, if you grow some of those in the garden, you'll be more than pleased with them. There have been times in the past when uh, I've had 12,000 letters in a week and you need really a sense of humour as you work systematically through a heap like that. And there are, of course, several that 
sharpen your wits a bit. I mean, this one, for example. In your article dated the 24th of August, it reads, Keep the dead heads picked off geraniums and summer flowers. What do you do with them? So you have to think about what you're writing, don't you? <laughs> I, I took it as read that everybody knew you just picked them and composted them. Uh, and here's a really lovely letter from Mrs. Fimple, who comes from uh, Cleveland. Uh, Dear Mr. Seabrook, quite by chance I've discovered an excellent way of dealing with slugs. A passing pedestrian threw a piece of paper underneath my front privet hedge and when I saw it and rescued it the next morning, the underside was adorned with quite a number of small black slugs. Being interested, I dealt with those slugs and then put the paper back. The real point of this is that the paper was a packet of fish and chips, greasy and smelling of fish and vinegar. The next day there were more slugs on the paper, but it would appear that it must be greasy and fishy because later when I just smeared uh, fat onto paper, the slugs were not interested. Of course, one of the benefits is that with the slugs still being much alive, one can kill off the harmful ones and leave the rest. I'm still pondering the ones that aren't harmful. That's it for This Week in the Garden. Don't forget... You can sign up for our weekly newsletter at sungardening.co.uk. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Thompson & Morgan, and thank you for listening. Happy New Year to you all. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.